back to Knocked Up, the podcast about getting pregnant with Dr. Radia Liu from Women's Health Melbourne. Welcome, Radia. Hi. Today we're talking about choosing a sperm donor. Now, I remember we once had a conversation about this and I said, oh, there's a book to choose from. And you're like, it's not exactly like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I suppose this will relate specifically to Victoria. Yeah, look, I'm going to talk about Victoria because that's where I practice and that's where I'm really familiar with the legislation. And there are some aspects that are Mm Australia-wide, but Victoria is governed by its own legislation. So that's what we'll be covering. covering. So choosing a sperm donor, not as easy as flicking through a book. Yeah, well, the first thing you've got to decide is that you want to get pregnant with a donor. Yeah, and we, we've had a, a chat about same-sex couples before and, and look, same-sex couples, same-sex female couples, it's obvious to them that if they're going to have a baby together that they're going to choose a donor. Yeah, but yeah, so talking more about now single women um, who maybe don't have a partner that they are going to have a baby with or um, women who have a partner who has no sperm. Okay, so if your partner has their sperm or you don't have someone to have the baby with, what, what are the next steps if you still if you want to have a child? Yeah, so some women feel it's a deal breaker to have a baby by themselves and I always mention donor sperm options to women who come to talk to me about egg freezing, for example, uh, because sometimes they haven't thought of it and sometimes women feel that, you know, they only want to have a baby in the context of a kind of nuclear family and that's their, their choice, but many will potentially think about it and um, I always say the only way you can guarantee you can definitely have a baby is to have a baby Um, which sounds obvious but it's true I mean we can do everything we possibly can to improve our chances of having a baby in other ways like absolutely it's not and you know while I've had some beautiful outcomes very recently with women who've frozen their eggs and come back to use them. I did an embryo transfer actually earlier today for a patient in that, in that circumstance, um, so fingers crossed. But, you know, not everyone's going to get good quality embryos with a cohort of eggs. It very much depends on what age you were when you froze them, how many you froze, what quality the sperm is when you come back to use it. There's lots of factors. Um, whereas if we try and help someone have a baby now... Um, we get immediate outcomes, there's no delay and we know if it's worked or if it hasn't and we can pull all the tricks out of of our sleeve and do everything we can for a woman to help her have a baby. So sometimes that means choosing a donor. And in Victoria, all sperm donors go on the donor register and what that means is that their name and their identifying information, date of birth, etc., is registered with VARTA, which is the Victorian Assisted Reproductive Treatment Authority. Yeah, so um, basically when your child turns 18, if they want to find out more about their donor, they can apply to find out that identifying information. Um, They can apply to make contact with their donor if they want to. The donor doesn't have to necessarily accept that. Um, contact request um, the, the donor can make a non-contact preference and but a lot of the times they they might be open to it so it's a, it's an avenue to have some some um, discovery of genetic heritage I suppose because the donor does give half of the DNA to the baby um, now when you choose a sperm donor the the first fork in the road I think once you've made the commitment that that's what you want to do is to decide whether you want a known donor so someone you know or a clinic recruited donor. 
So I practice my IVF at Melbourne IVF and Melbourne IVF have a donor program where you can select a clinic recruited sperm donor. And clinic recruited donors have been vetted. They're generally altruistic, which means they've, they've volunteered to be a donor. They haven't been paid an exorbitant amount to donate sperm. They often are... It's, it's actually illegal in Australia to do that. It has to be altruistic. Um, so the way that it works is clinics often do compensate the donor for minor expenses, I think something like $300 um, or thereabouts, but that's all they get paid to donate, which in the scheme of things isn't that much when you think about taking days off work and, and things like that. So what happens for a clinic recruited donor is they um, go to the clinic and have a health checkup and they have detailed supportive counselling and also counselling about the Victorian legislation around sperm donation. And the sperm that they donate is frozen. So they give a sample which is frozen. Often they come a few times and give a few samples. Mm -hmm. So there's a bank of sperm frozen. And they do an HIV test when they freeze sperm. Um, before freezing sperm, they do a whole heap of other tests and sometimes they're ineligible on the basis of those tests. But... Um, they give us a full medical history, so we know all about their history, their family history. Um, they also get checked for lots of different infectious diseases like HIV, syphilis, but also things like cytomegalovirus, HTLV1, lots of rare infectious diseases, herpes, yeah, basically. And then they also do some genetic testing so that we know that if they're carriers of things like cystic fibrosis or spinal muscular atrophy, fragile X, we know that so we can make sure that a donor's not mismatched, um, creating a possibility of having a baby with an abnormality. Uh, we do their blood group. So we know, for example, it might be important for someone who's got a negative blood group as a woman to choose a donor with a negative blood group to avoid any possible complications with that. So that's something that we can offer. So they're, they're screened basically top to tail. And they're given lots of opportunities to, you know, kind of, you know, bail out if it's not right for them. They have two counselling appointments separated by by three months apart, okay. as well as the medical. So it's not a spontaneous? No, it's, it's, a, it's usually a well-thought-out decision. And the kind of people who donate sperm, they're often... Um, sometimes they're single, sometimes they haven't got children of their own. Uh, sometimes they have children of their own, sometimes they've conceived through IVF and they want to give back. Uh, sometimes they were donor-conceived themselves. Sometimes they come from... I mean, they're overrepresented in professions that give back to the community. So there's, you know, policemen, firemen, you know, the kind of types that you know, do tend to give for the greater good. Uh, and um, But all types of, of men become sperm donors for various reasons. And um, and it really helps a lot of people. So it's a, it's a very generous gift and um, without really any considerable compensation. So th that's a clinic recruited donor. And how a woman selects a donor, she, she sees a fertility specialist like myself and then is referred to our donor program and she has herself a variety of investigations to check her compatibility and just pre-pregnancy health check. Um, also, we want to decide how we're going to help her get pregnant with donor sperm. Is it going to be insemination or is it going to be IVF? And um, doing a fertility workup, looking at her ovarian reserve, looking at her pelvic anatomy, looking at her gynecological history, whether she has endometriosis, whether she has... Any, any other things that need to be exactly whether her fallopian tubes are working properly. So we do all of this. And then she, once we've made a treatment plan of how we're going to help her get pregnant, um, then we get her to select a donor. 
Um, now, she too will have counselling um, on two occasions. And once she's had counselling, um, she's pretty much ready to go. Now, just um, in Victoria, in, and this is for IVF as well for couples, but in Victoria to have a baby through assisted reproductive treatment um, technology, you need to do a few things. You need to have police checks, child protection checks and the formalised psychology assessment. And that's actually in the Victorian legislation. So it's not something that the doctor specifically requires, it's what the state requires. Uh, and um, that's something that anyone who wants to have fertility treatment involving a lab in Victoria has to do. So same with women who are recipients of donor sperm. Now, there are some people who have a known donor. So they, they know who they want to be their donor. It might be a friend. Uh, it might be somebody they've known for a long time. And that's a little bit more complicated, but um, only in that with a clinic recruited donor, a lot of that backstory, all the checking and testing and, you know, it's done. So those donors... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So when you bring your own donor, BYO donor, just though you've got to allow time for that to happen. And, you know, realistically it takes three months, you know. Yeah, yeah, minimum three months. And, um, and look, that's important because it's important for all parties to be committed to the process and to know that it's the right thing for them uh, because a known donor, while a known donor has no parental rights over the children... Uh, they're not on the birth certificate. They're certainly not the father and it's very clear to them. Still, they might have a relationship with you that's ongoing. You know who they are from the beginning. They may um, negotiate with you how you're going to interact with your child, if at all. And um, that's important to a priori workout to know if that's the right arrangement for you as well. And um, look, there are all kinds of... Um, issues that our counsellors go through with women and donors that, you know, through their experience of dealing with lots of patients over the years, have they know to be important, but that you may not as an individual have thought of. So, look, I think it's such an a important process to go through and it's really helpful. Um, and everyone's on the same page at the end of it. So it is an important process to go through, though, and it does take time. So realistically, if you're seeking treatment with a known donor, you've just got to take the time factor into, into account and, and um, just let those processes happen. And um, there are some support groups out there for women using donor sperm, specifically on the VARTA website. Again, the Victorian Assisted Reproductive Treatment Authority, or VARTA. Uh, there are single mothers support groups as well. Uh, there's lots of information to read. So I usually direct my patients to have a look at that as a first resource. It's definitely something people don't, women certainly don't often consider is that you can do it on your own with the donor's sperm. Look, the thing is about using a donor as a single mum, probably, I mean, this is a sweeping statement, but I think it's safe to say it's not a first choice for a lot of people. So it's not necessarily what they dreamed of when they were younger, that this would be the way they have a baby. So... Look, it is to some degree a compromise, you know, but I think of the women who proceed, uh, it's the right choice because I've never had a single patient reg regret that decision. So it's, um, it's about, you know, creating options. And look, the, the problem is, let's face it, we've got a biological clock. You know, we've got a limited window to have babies and if you're getting to the end of the biological clock 
and, you know, you've got to contemplate whether you have a baby or you don't have a baby. You know, that's really the set of circumstances where women are considering donor conception. Uh, and, um, look, there are a lot of people who have relationships and, you know, they don't work and a lot of people break up after they've had children. So um, for some women, having a baby by yourself is the right thing to do. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Knocked Up, the podcast about getting pregnant. For more information about Raylia, Women's Health Melbourne and how to get pregnant, please visit womenshealthmelbourne.com.au or find us on the socials under Women's Health Melbourne or you can send an email with any future episode requests to podcasts at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au. See you next week.